welcome to the Bridegroom Speaks podcast with Laura Ercolino. One of our signature services here at Hope's Garden is our Brides of Christ group studies. We meet over a 12-week period to study the Song of Songs using our guidebook, The Cantata of Love, which is a verse-by-verse reading of the Song of Songs written by Father Blaise Arminian and published by Ignatius Press. I am now on page 175 in the cantata. My dove, hiding in the clefts of the rock, in the coverts of the cliff, show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is beautiful. Until now, in the whole of Holy Scripture, the bride, Israel, was the one who so ardently desired to hear and see the bridegroom. Show me your glory, I beg you, Moses implores. And the psalmist, my heart has said of you, seek his face. Yahweh, I do seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. What is new in the song is that the bridegroom implores the one he calls his dove to show her face and to let him hear her voice. Instead of staying secluded in her reserve and withdrawn into herself, like the timid and fearful dove in the clefts of the rock, she bravely decides to return to her bridegroom, not averting her face, but turning it toward him, not silent, but responding to his call. To use the words of Origen, Let her not stay inside the house anymore, but let her go out and meet him on the way. We always dare so little. We are so stubbornly closed and withdrawn into ourselves. And this is not generally out of humility. Thus, St. Francis de Sales understands this passage very well when he writes this paraphrase. Let us go. Arise, says the bridegroom. Get out of yourself. Fly toward me, my dove, my very beautiful love. Come, my very dearly beloved, and to see me more clearly, come to the window through which I am looking for you. Come to contemplate in my heart the gap cut in my side when my body, like a demolished house, was so sadly destroyed on the tree of the cross. Come and show me your face. What is noteworthy in this commentary of St. Francis de Sales is that the cleft of the rock is at the same time the retreat of the fearful and sleepy dove and the opening in the side of the bridegroom through which he reveals himself to her and welcomes her. A very ancient mystical tradition has always seen in the cracks of the rock the new retreat where the bride must now dwell passing from her poor refuge within herself, where she had been hiding, to this very deep cave in the body of Christ, our rock, which is the wound in his heart. I'm going to stop there. In the cantata, it begins to quote Bernard's 61st sermon, but I want to read you a little bit more of that excerpt than what's in here. So we'll get to that in a second. This line, it's just so packed. I also want to mention that I think it was podcast episode 14 that we did about hiding in the cleft of the rock. In that episode, we talked about it from the healing perspective, 
that Christ, when we often are withdrawn and we're hiding within our own wounded hearts, that he calls to us gently to come and to hide in his sacred heart, to hide in the cleft of his side with him, where he can heal us and keep us safe until we're ready to fly again. That's all in that podcast episode. Today, I'm going to talk about it more from what they're going towards in the cantata here, John of the Cross and Catherine of Siena, the mystical wound in Christ's side. And Catherine of Siena gives a great description of it. When we go back to the verse where it says, show me your face, let me hear your voice. The first thoughts that came to my mind were John Paul II's statement that in order to see Jesus, in order to see the face of God, we must first allow him to see us, that we have to lift the veil. We have to come out of hiding and expose ourselves to him, to let him gaze upon us. That is exactly what the bridegroom is asking the bride to do, is to come out of hiding. And it also emphasized again to me, the mutuality of the spousal love of Christ. He wants this to be a duet. Like it said in the cantata, in the Old Testament, before we had Moses and the psalmist begging to see the face of God, but never before God begging to see the face of man, right? And here in the song, we have the bridegroom asking the bride, come, come and show me your face. Let me hear your voice. So first, I want to read to you a little bit from Bernard's 61st sermon, and then we'll talk a little bit about Catherine of Siena, because she talks about the progression of this getting to the place where we are gazing face to face with Christ the bridegroom. So Bernard says, and this is paragraph three of sermon 61. Another writer glosses this passage differently, seeing in the clefts of the rock, the wounds of Christ, and quite correctly, for Christ is the rock. Good the clefts that strengthen our faith in the resurrection and the divinity of Christ. The apostle exclaimed, my Lord and my God, what was the source of these inspired words, if not the clefts of the rock? Within them, the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest. In them, the dove finds safety and fearlessly watches the circling hawk. This is why he says, my dove in the clefts of the rock. The wise man builds his house upon a rock because there he will fear the violence neither of storms nor of floods. Is on the rock not good? Set high on the rock, secure on the rock. I stand on the rock firmly. I am secure from the enemy, buttressed against a fall, all because I am raised up from the earth. For everything earthly is uncertain and perishable. Our homeland is in heaven, and we are not afraid of falling or being thrown down. The rock, with its durability and security, is in heaven. The rock is a refuge. And really, where is there safe, sure rest for the weak, except in the Savior's wounds. There, the security of my dwelling depends only on the greatness of his saving power. The world rages, the body oppresses, the devil lays his snares. I do not fall because I am founded on the rock. 
I have sinned gravely. My conscience is disturbed, but not confounded, because I shall remember the wounds of the Lord, for he was wounded for our transgressions. What sin is so deadly as not to be forgiven in the death of Christ? Catherine of Siena had many mystical experiences with the cleft in the rock, with the wounded side of Christ. And she says there's only one path to the sacred heart, and it's through the wound in his side, that we must crawl up into the wound in his side if we're going to find the safe refuge in his heart. And when she sees the wound, or when she saw the wound in his side, she saw it first as a channel from which the blood and water flow, where his mercy flows to heal and cleanse us. So first, the bride must stand beneath the cross, beneath his pure side, and allow him to cleanse and purify her in the outpouring of his blood and water. And once we have been cleansed, then his open side becomes a window. And through that window, we can gaze upon one another. He allows us to see into his own heart, into his own heart that was wounded for us, that now burns and aches with love for us. And then once we have been allowed that gaze, then it becomes a cavern where he actually pulls us up and takes us inside to drink of the wine of divine love, to drink of his blood. And this was uh, mystical experiences that St. Catherine of Siena had, was him telling her to kiss the wound on his side and to drink and become intoxicated on his blood that was outpoured for love of her. In a sense, the wounded side of Christ becomes our bridal chamber, becomes a place of experiencing divine love. And that's what the cleft in the rock is, where he wants his dove to come. So as I pondered all of this, it just seemed to me that at every stage of our spiritual life and at every season in our lives, the cleft in the rock, his wounded side, is where we want to keep going in our prayer. That's where we want to keep putting ourselves in difficult moments, in moments when we're overwhelmed with love for him, any of those moments, to go again to the cleft in the rock. And when we talk about praying with the Song of Songs, draw me your dove into the cleft in the rock. Hide me there with you. Those moments of healing, when we're in need of healing, when we feel as though we're the little frightened wounded dove, we can ask to be taken there into the cleft of the rock, into his wounded side, to be safe, to be held, to be healed, to be loved tenderly. In times of remorse for our sins, when we know we're in need again of that cleansing, of that mercy, of that purification, we can go to the cleft in the rock and ask for those streams of living water and precious blood to flow upon us and cleanse us. And in those moments of overwhelming love and desire for our bridegroom, again, we can ask to be taken into the bridal chamber of his wounded side, of his heart, of the cleft in the rock, to rest with him there and to drink of his wine of divine love. And it's just so overwhelming that he was wounded because of us. He has this cleft in the rock, this wound in his side, this pierced heart because of our transgressions. And yet he invites us to come right into those wounds, to be healed and to be loved. So this is another part of Bernard's 61st sermon. But as for me, whatever is lacking in my own resources, I appropriate for myself from the heart of the Lord, which overflows with mercy. 
and there is no lack of clefts by which they are poured out. They pierced his hands and his feet. They gored his side with a lance. And through these fissures, I can suck honey from the rock and oil from the flinty stone. I can taste and see that the Lord is good. He was thinking thoughts of peace, and I did not know it. For who has known the mind of the Lord? But the nail that pierced him has become for me a key, unlocking the sight of the Lord's will. Why should I not gaze through the cleft? The nail cries out, the wound cries out, that God is truly in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. The iron pierced his soul, and his heart was drawn near, so that he is no longer one who cannot sympathize with my weaknesses. The secret of his heart is laid open through the clefts of his body. That mighty mystery of loving is laid open, laid open to the tender mercies of our God, in which the morning sun from on high has risen upon us. Surely his heart is laid open through his wounds. Where more clearly than in your wounds does the evidence shine that you, Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love. No one shows greater mercy than he who lays down his life for those who are judged and condemned. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families. You may also want to join our community powered by Mighty Networks. Download the Mighty Networks app and find us at Hope's Garden.